0: Here we go, with a new episode of The Marvelists.
2: Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Legal Counsel, a She-Hulk podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, welcoming back mean streak Matt himself, Matt Cascone. Matt, good evening.
1: Hey guys, thanks for having me again. Great to be
0: back. Episode three: The People versus Emil Blonsky. Emil Blonsky? Emil. Yeah. Oh, oh. I thought heard "anal." Yeah, I did too. I'm
2: like Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, I was
0: trying to think of the way it was said in the episode, as opposed to Emil.
2: Emil. Emil. It's Emil. It's uh, I think because I know uh, Emil J, buddy of ours. So.
0: It's it's just. It's just lime spelled backwards. Now stop.
2: That's rude. That's true.
1: He's a fruit.
0: Oh, anal
1: We're gonna that's gonna be a thing. That's gonna be a thing. I, that we I don't, start just now.
0: No, I don't want anal blonde. Lime and green, and it's all connected. There's a pattern here. I can see it. Anyway. It'll be
1: cute. Like 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 America's Act. It's not gonna get, you know, real raunchy. It's not gonna get raunchier than that.
2: So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about episode three of Shulky herself, and I I like this episode. I thought it was a uh, Solid, uh, about thirty or twenty something to thirty something minutes—not too long, not too short—but just the right amount of content for this week. And one of the, one of the things, let's just get it right out off the uh, bat: I love the calling out of the anti-She-Hulk fans, and I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the entire episode with the uh, social
0: media commentary. So. Yeah. It, it was good representation in that sense. I was going to say, with the length of the episode, it just reminded me that I know these are shorter episodes, but yeah. sitcom. I'm um, pulled into it, and each and every time it just ends. And I'm like, oh,
2: oh, geez, okay, fine. To be honest, the last two episodes, somebody said it, and I'm in agreement. The last two episodes should have been a one hour premiere, and then the rest could be this timeline because that, those two episodes should have been merged together, you know? Like, it's the right amount, and it's the right amount of content for that because you're getting the whole she's becoming the character she's becoming shulky and then halfway through the episode, oh shit, I have to represent Abomination? Do it like that, you know? You have both yeah. parts I could together. See
1: that. I could see that, or at least have the first two episodes drop at the same time.
2: Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, I know they're doing it uh, for Andor in September, which... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't cared about Star Wars in a very long time, and it's continuing that trend right now, so... I'll good. watch it. I mean, uh, uh. (laughs) but anyway, so in regards to Shulky, like I said, my favorite scene in the whole episode, other than the uh, reintroduction of everyone's favorite sorcerer, Supreme Wong, I love the uh, just the overall trashing of the the anti Shulky audience. And it's a lot of stuff that I see every day when a character gets reintroduced or, you know, given a new plot twist of like, hey, They're gay. Hey, they're this. Hey, they're that. And just They're a different race. Yeah, and it's like that whole concept of why couldn't you just make another character? It's like Well, put your money where your mouth is and buy the comic when that thing comes out because otherwise you're just gonna be spouting this over and over. And again, two, my favorite thing, you're not contractually obligated to read that. So (laughs) Good job, buddy. You know, it's like and it's always the same people that are complaining about this. I'm not gonna say, but You'll notice certain things in common physically when you see it. So anyway, going off of that little bit of a soapbox. But like I said, I thought it was a really, really funny uh, just example. Like, again, it's it's the show breaking the fourth wall and winking at the audience. Not too much, though, but you could totally tell that was like the showrunners and the writers and everybody being like, this is what we've been dealing with for like the last, you know, year. So,
0: yeah, exactly. But and I, even continued, there might even be a, a if, if they wanted to include a little cautionary thing that do not break the fourth wall while driving, which is what she did for a little bit of an extended period of time, not to be looking at the road. Eddie Segway. Yeah, Wilson. you even
1: saw the cars going behind her. It was actually I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah.
2: I I liked again. I love her breaking of the fourth wall, and I think like every single time it's utilized in the proper form. Whereas you know,
1: a lot of times
2: you know just inundated with it. You know, it's over and over and over. This is the right level, the, the right little uh, bit of uh, Mrs. Dash in there.
0: It's another surprise, I think, to me that it, all of a sudden she's talking to you, the audience, and, oh, yeah, that's right. She can do this. It's how the show is going. You just don't know when it's going to happen.
2: And being a burn victim yourself, you know, big John Byrne fan, Eddie Wilson, what is it like seeing a lot of what you read back in the 1980s and early 90s of his run of Shulky? It's not the exact run, but it's got that flavor of it, right?
0: Well, yeah, with the fourth wall stuff, and especially when I think of the couple of covers that she did by saying, buy this issue, or I'll come over your house and destroy your comic book collection kind of thing.
2: Specifically X-Men.
0: Yes, yes,
1: burn burn our X-Men.
0: Yes, right.
2: And again, there's just something about that element of her... It, it's it's definitely a lot of love to the John Byrne and Dan Slott runs, and it's showing in this, ish, in this episode. I almost said issue. But mm. in this episode... And, you know, again, she's representing uh Emil Blonsky, and the whole issue of that that makes me laugh is we're seeing him first off, she's talking to him and you see his entire conclave of ladies that you know he's talking to. Yeah, eight of them I think, right? Well, eight is enough. Yeah. And, you know, well, obviously that's what he thought too. In in regards to uh, the whole situation with that, I loved seeing him talking. And, you know, transforming into abomination and being what he could become. And just how everyone is flipping out. He's like, he's literally shrugging at this point. Like, I'm fine, guys. Don't get upset. You keep seeing, like, the shrugs. I'm like, why is that monster shrugging? I guess I'll stop screaming for a second give him a chance to speak. Or growl. <laughs>
0: that's the thing. I, no, no, that's no not, it's, it's the not. abomination. That's the it abomination is. where the ears are like fins and... The whole thing about the underground fight in the beginning, too. Like, How are we going to believe that Emil is defensible? But I don't know that we ever had seen him previously in the Ed Norton Hulk movie where he was being rational and calm like we see him in this. It's the
2: mutation. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the Hulk. Like, you look at the Hulk. Hulk can be erudite. Hulk can be a raving monster. Hulk can be the most evil creature in the world, as evident with a mortal Hulk. Hulk can be so many different things, and it's always a change in the mental and uh, genetic structure of who he is. So I like seeing, like, eventually Abomination kind of just goes down a little bit and, you know, slowly becomes what he is. And, you know, while I have the point to talk about it, later on in the episode, we have the whole inhibitor. Have in- have inhibitors been utilized in the Marvel Universe yet in the MCU? Sure. They have okay, because I'm when I saw when I heard the inhibitor thing. Like the very first thing I thought of was, "Oh shit, are they bringing that over from Deadpool too?" Deadpool. That's yeah. the very first thing I thought of. Yeah, like, I they... thought, yeah, yeah.
0: Mhm. And then I associate that with, although I know it's not exactly the same thing, is for Ant-Man. But that was the ankle restraint, mo- monitor type of thing.
2: Yeah, but the inhibitor, where it's you know dampening the powers, and it's like I'm seeing that I'm like,
1: did did they do that?
0: Because didn't they also
2: do it in Loki? Was I mistaken? Did they do it in Loki? <sighs>
1: And they did it in Thor Ragnarok as well. Like, I don't think they were... Yes. They were variations of inhibitors, but yeah, they were they were like, you know, collars or dampeners to uh, stop super, you know, superpowers from occurring.
0: And at the very least, if nothing else, you heard it in the very first episode of She-Hulk with Bruce wearing one.
2: Now, in regards to this version of Abomination, I love how... Again, he's very much a sophisticated kind of individual, very friendly and this and that. Like, literally, he takes off his crocs, his prison crocs, and gently, daintily puts them on the ground. Because he doesn't want to ruin Namaste. them. You Namaste. Know? Exactly. Namaste in school, kids.
0: You and, know? They're, and they're just all pure white. You don't want to get them tarnished. It's too easy to have that to happen. I agree. And at least with me.
2: But again, and then he takes them back after he turns back into being himself and puts them right back on. Also, the fact that he's so respectful for everyone in the room when he turns back in when he turns into abomination and then he turns back into himself did you see i love the little the blanket thing for, just yeah. you know yeah don't want to be you know i'm very i'm very modest ladies and gentlemen don't want to show off you know i think that was stuff. one of
1: the funnier jokes of the episode too is like someone please get this man some clothes
2: yeah like it's so subtle yeah. it's so subtle breeze
1: it? in here <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's what again that's what i love about this uh, episode and just the personification of these characters I feel like at the end of the day, what we're going to be getting with this run of uh, She-Hulk is, you know, we're getting cameos. And I feel like once she does that breaking the fourth wall thing of talking in the car about all the cameos of, and there's Bruce, and then there's Blonsky, and then there's Wong, and then she's realizing, oh, there are going to be more. And I feel like, obviously, we we know the big one is going to be Daredevil. Everyone knows that. Everyone, you know, we all are aware.
1: But but will it also be Matt Murdock? Will we specifically get Matt Murdock in the courtroom? Who knows? We'll see.
2: Well, I'd like to know what would which character would you guys like to see her interact with that has not been revealed? Like, maybe it's just like a quick little surprise.
1: boy. Putting us on the spot, Peter. Uh, That's what he does. He mm-hmm.
2: I feel like maybe utilizing some, like, honestly, one of the cosmic characters, because we already had that little bit of a tease. Mind you, it's, per, you know, pertinent to World War, War, War... World War Hulk. There we go. Easy for me to say. All right, Carol Danvers. Can we, though? Because we had her in uh, Ms. Marvel. You know, I'd like Valkyrie. That's she's, my choice.
1: Okay.
0: She's cosmic. She's everywhere. I, you know, It's cosmic on your shirt for crying out loud today. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I just feel like uh, with Carol, that's a, It's it's an iffy one only because she's just been back, you know. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, but then again, Wong isn't everything. No, and it was, he can teleport. That's why. Damn right he can. But <laughs>
0: was that explanation that he gave them in the courtroom adequate enough to? And he was just going to leave anyway. So, the the reasoning for him to get abomination out so he could be a fight club member, underground fight club, and just. <laughs> To help, to out Wong.
2: I love that you use the term Fight Club, by the way, and it's so appropriate considering Blonsky comes from the 2008 Hulk. Edward Norton starred in Fight Club, ah. So I think it's real. I think it's really funny that they're utilizing him from that version, and just mm-hmm. there's a Fight Club, and yet, nah, Ed Norton, we're not gonna do that while you're in the role.
1: <laughs> I think they'll just keep calling it the Kumite going right. forward. <laughs>
2: Isn't the Kumite what they called it in, uh, what's it called, uh, Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme?
1: Bloodsport and then also in uh, The Boondocks. They made, they yes. made a f- joke. Uh, they made a funny about it. So any time they said the Kumite, it would be followed by like a a, a, a sound effect of like, Whoa! <laughs> like, you know, someone doing Jeez. kung fu.
2: That's
0: great. But I th- yes,
1: Wong calls it the Kumite at the end of one scene, but unfortunately they did not add the... Uh, The sound
0: effect. Yeah. I mean, they could put a little gong effect, too, in there, and I think in other movies that has been done. Uh, But was the name Gideon Wilson um, relevant to anything except that we find out that in the news story of this particular part of the episode, he was the one who put Emil away years ago? I don't know if that... Is an actual name of any comic character or just they honestly they put a
2: name in so many characters? Like it is like just an obscure character that was like in a panel or in like, you know, a one issue story. Like they they try and mine as many different characters out of this as humanly possible. And it's smart.
1: Did they do they mine any? Because I know they've done in the past. They have had multiple like when they do the the news reports, they've had actual like they're not from the comics. But it's just like, hey, we'll just use that news reporter from like movie A and we'll put them again in movie C. Yeah. Like, has anyone noticed that yet in this? Because they, they did a lot of heavy-handed news reports and talking heads the last two episodes, which I, I would want to discuss a, a tiny bit if we have time. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the, for me, the, the talking heads were just kind of boring this episode, and same with the news reports, and they don't have to be. I feel like if you want to look at funny informational news reports you look at BoJack Horseman they always did a great job there and then talking heads I mean you look at the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies I thought they were very effective and I just don't feel like these really uh you know they they didn't measure up to the to those standards at least in my opinion and they did they did over two minutes and 30 seconds of them yeah over two and a half minutes this episode of talking heads Mm -hmm. or news
2: reports do you feel like that's a bit much in already a short enough time span of the episode
1: i think if it's done well it it doesn't seem long but for me it felt long because again i thought they were boring and not funny and just kind of forced and just like even even like if they had gotten the I forget the character's name and the actress's name, so please forgive me. But the blonde from the first Iron Man movie, the reporter, mm, right? You know, she, she talks to Tony Stark. She's in Iron Man two. They even brought her back for an episode of What If, as she, as she was a she was like a newscaster on the news. Like, why not try and get that actress back? They obviously have the deep pockets for it. And like that'd be like a fun reference. But again, I think they they're really lacking in those. The, the the quality of the news segments, as well as the talking heads in the show, for me, the quality is lacking.
0: You know, I was okay with, with what we saw. Yes, we saw a lot of it with the news references and different channels and reporters. And just going back to seeing how distorted everything became uh, with the one female reporter who may have gotten a tip sort of off mic and then came back and said, Is it true you got rejected from the Avengers? throw that little thing in there as well as what the story she was trying to pursue and then later with uh, i think it was citizen news tonight where it says she hulk speaks and then that turns into you know coming up diet tips and you know other she hulk stuff
1: that i found funny i will yeah. I, I forgot to mention i will admit i thought the ending was really funny there but again it, it's two minutes and 30 seconds and that i thought was the only funny part of those news clips and then I think also that there was a nice reference to the comic book about like is it true you got you got your powers from like a, a botched ma- a mafia hit like I thought that was like haha like reference I
0: missed that part. Oh wow. Okay. That's good.
1: Yeah, it's it's at the same time when they're when they ask about the rejected um, Avengers they're also like did you get, you know, did you get your powers from a from a botched uh, mafia hit. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: Personally, I was a big fan of the uh, off mic uh what? When they say the uh, diet and uh, workout tips,
1: yeah, that, yes, that was that brought that joke home for me. Yes, for sure.
0: absolutely. But it, you know, again, it showed the progression and the popularity or the spreading <laughs> of the news that all the, you know, the media was was covering her in between each part of this episode unfolding and stuff.
2: Personally, I'm a big fan of the uh, the whole thing of the nickname of her being She Hulk. And mm. where'd you think of that name? And you'll hear her go, "Well, actually, I don't." Like the name, it was not my creation. So anyway, She Hulk, and the immediate thing I thought of was, um, if you go on Wikipedia and you look up the uh, article for the Pope Mobile, there's a part of there where it goes: in 2007, uh, Eddie, who was the Pope in 2007? Pope John Paul II. Pope John Still? Paul II. Yeah, think I think so. so. I believe so. Yeah. Pope John Paul II uh, stated that he did not like the usage of the term "the Pope Mobile" and found it very degrading. And then the next sentence is eventually the pope mobile basically making it look like you know dismissing he did not like the name being called that so they still keep using it that's the, just, like immediately like right afterwards I'm like that's funny.
0: Well I have to say as soon as you said pope mobile I thought of JP the 2nd and that's yeah. you know, the longest I think standing living uh, pope in in office so to speak for that time and because of the, him you know having had an assassination attempt on him and that coming about then boom you've got this new uh, term well I actually I just found the uh, the article in 2002 Pope John
2: Paul II requested that the media stop referring to the car as the Pope Mobile, saying that the term was undignified and then the next sentence in 2007 the Pope Mobile, and then just dot dot dot
0: this show is brought to you by our Patreon go to patreon.com slash the Marvelists and on the $3 tier You'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two... You haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. So that's why I
2: think the whole thing of the She-Hulk thing is absolutely funny, because it's like, yeah. why do you why did you call yourself She-Hulk? Well, actually, I didn't think, and I hate that name. So, She-Hulk. Just just, exactly. that, just that simple level of humor where it's yeah. you get it on the car ride home, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a little delayed effect that is? Just a little bit, you know. Uh, you, had a night, you had a delicious meal, you're just like, oh man, ah, oh. ah, oh. those cheese boigas, you know, they're great.
0: And then the advil Ibuprofen will kick in in about twenty minute onset.
2: Yeah. Now, in regards to the whole thing of the legal cases that are going on at that moment. And I love, again, when she breaks the fourth wall, she acknowledges, she does, she talks about the whole thing of the writing technique of plot A is meeting plot B. I thought that was the funniest part because that, it is, that's the exact moment. So it's very by the numbers of how that storytelling is. But when the characters are acknowledging it, they're like, hey, see, this is how it's going to help, ladies and gentlemen. I'm doing (laughs) a thing with my fingers as I'm trying to point it. And I'm realizing, oh, yeah, I'm a dumbass on an audio podcast. Mm -mm -mm. But
1: you're connecting the dots.
2: I love that. And I. so we have the Emil Blonsky uh, court case going on. And then on the flip side, we have one involving a former co-worker of Sh- uh, Shulky. Dennis. Who has fallen in love with who he thought was Megan the Stallion. And it turns out it's just an Asgardian uh, trickster. The shape-shifting elf. And first off, when Megan the Stallion does show up in the episode, like right at the end, she's sitting in the court... It felt like a family guy style joke of like, hey, here's her. Here she is this whole time. It's like it was kind of it shoehorned it in. But I'm like, and eh, it's a sitcom. I'll allow it. You know, what I mean, anything else okay. in the MCU, I would have been like, really? You're going to do that? I've been
1: like, she wasn't there in the audience. I just checked. Like, what's going on? I definitely <laughs> felt like a like a judge. I'll be like, I'll allow it.
2: The, the whole thing got, you know, a real kick out of me. And at one point, there's a line from uh, the guy as he's talking about all the money he spent and I laughed that he they cut him off right as he was about to say something else. He goes, my money I spent subscribing to, and then he just cuts off. I'm like, oh, he was going to say OnlyFans, wasn't he? But, <laughs> so I got a real kick out of hearing all that stuff and, again, it just shows, you know, this guy fell for all of this stuff and he's a total sleazeball and a total dummy. But, how we're incorporating it, the A and B plots interlinking. We have Jen going up on the stand, talking about it being a witness. And, yeah, just that that whole element of, you know, she's acknowledging, yeah, he's a dipshit, just, you know, complete idiot, and he's doing this and this. Oh. And mm-hmm. He's doing this and this, and, and that, too. So.
1: Yep, he definitely got catfished. And I think it's, I thought it was interesting that we had, like, the, um, the Asgardian... Uh, presence in this episode, it kind of felt like a little bit of world building. Uh, I would love to see, like again, that'd be great tie-in for Valkyrie. She has some sort of cameo, um, but I, I would sometime in the future, I would love to see like a, a tales from New Asgard series or something. I think that that has a lot of potential.
2: It just dawned on me. You're saying with the cameo of like interacting all these people, it. Shulky is the kind of show where even in the comics she's dealing with everybody as a lawyer and you're seeing so and so and so and so and so and so all these different parts of the Marvel Universe converging in this one spot we're going to be getting somebody that I'm realizing now like it's kind of expected it's it's the most random thing but I have a weird feeling we're getting Howard the Duck showing up in this show as a uh, as somebody she's going to be dealing with well, because she hmm. has represented Howard the Duck in the past on multiple occasions going as far back as the uh, John Byrne run as well as the Daniel Slot or the Dan Slot run so there, there's something there's something afoul and it's going to be Howard Oof, uh. all
1: right okay. looking forward to that we'll see mm-hmm.
2: because again he's you know Seth Green's version of Howard the Duck I'd like to see a little bit more more than just like a five second cameo in what it, or not in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, I think didn't he show up in uh, Thor Ragnarok, or am I mistaken?
0: I thought there was okay. talk about him being in, uh, when everybody comes back in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, he's
2: he's there. He's the blink-and-you-miss-it one, which yeah. everyone I've noticed, like, they'll say, oh, yeah, I did see Howard. I'm like, I didn't. I've seen it, like, you know, plenty of times. Like, I still haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. He's
1: in Endgame? I didn't see that.
2: Yeah, when the uh, Ravagers show up, he's on the right-hand side of the camera. So it's like, you'll see him in there, and it's like, I've never noticed it. I would love to see it, mm-hmm. but I don't notice it.
1: Oh, interesting!
2: I have seen the screenshot of it, and even when I watch the movie, I'm like, "Oh, I still don't see him. Where the hell is he?" It's, <laughs> right. it's like it's such a like fast pan scene. It's like yeah. everybody's but in. You'll there. miss it. That's why I want to know who else is in there, other than like you know, warriors from Wakanda, members of the Ravagers. This, that, the other thing. I want to see who else is there. There's got to be some like deep cut ones that we don't know yet. Yeah,
1: maybe maybe some shadows of the Defenders. I I I appreciate that.
2: They've, the hmm. funniest thing is, I I remember when that movie was about to come out and everyone was talking about, oh, are the defenders going to show up? We're going to see like you know a shot of them fighting in Hell's Kitchen. It's like, no, we're not. But in my mind's eye, I'm like, I have that whole scene like played out. Cor- I have that whole scene played out, choreographed and all that stuff. Didn't happen. Wish it did,
0: but it didn't happen. Well,
1: you got to wait a little bit longer, unfortunately.
0: Evidently. Now, yes, as we get towards the end of the episode, yes, Emil is released on parole, can't go abomination, wearing the inhibitor. We'll see how that plays out. And on the Asgardian note, Jen is attacked at night. <laughs> That's and, such a great part, by the way. And, and these four guys, and she says, where did you get that stuff from, his Asgardian you, construction worker? You know who that is. Well, I'm thinking Wrecking Crow. Yeah, it is. Um, Definitely the
1: Wrecking Crew.
0: They say Thunderball, and I can't remember the others' the others' names. But I saw the crowbar, and of course the Absorbing, Absorbing Man. Man. Absorbing Man is one, yeah. Dude, when I when I saw them show up, I audibly said, "Oh, hmm, it's the Wrecking
2: Crew!" <laughs> like that—that <laughs> that was one of those moments. I'm like, you know what? We're going all in. We're using all these random obscure characters. Wrecking Crew is tailor-made for this. You can't put them up against the Avengers, but you sure as hell can put them against you know Shulky for like five a five second fight. It can work.
0: Yeah, and the uh, I guess they had to make the in, the um, their weapons stand out, so they made them glow. I well, I, I, I like I liked that. I liked seeing
2: like the little glowing effect, you know, that, but also like the indentations of it. Yeah, you know, I
0: liked that. The internal glowing effect or whatever.
2: Because here's the thing about that, you know, you well, have you know in the comics they just have a plain crowbar or they have a plain wrecking ball. In this one, you literally just gave people who do cosplay and stuff like that the means to be like, well, if I dig in a little bit on this crowbar, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And like put a little bit of paint here, it'll look like this. It's like, hell yeah, go for it. Because now you may-
1: yeah, none of these guys have hit the gym, that's for sure.
2: My thing is this: when you when you get the idea of like we're going to introduce the uh, Wrecking Crew into the MCU, is modifying the look of the weapon something you would think of? Because I wouldn't. No. I you know it's like that's the last thing on my mind because you just want to you want to focus more on them and their interaction with the weapons but not like redefining the visual interpretation of the weapons it's like i guess like yeah well no
1: one's gonna buy a marvel crowbar people will buy a glowing marvel crowbar <laughs> yes marvel Although i Legend. didn't even say that because i think the Supre- i think the company supreme made a crowbar and people were buying that you never know no i guess
2: i mean <laughs> I mean, you know, Kanye comes out with shoes called Yeezys that
0: look like Conchou's head, so it's, you know, whatever. Well, the village hey, man. people.
1: Branding is everything. Anything's yeah. possible.
0: And the village people, they are not for sure. Who is the boss, though? Because there was one. Well, well, you're not back. the boss of me now, and you're not so big. They, they might be.
1: Yeah, to no, Eddie's yeah, right. They said they said the boss isn't going to be happy. Happy to hear about this. Like, yeah. Who yeah. knows who the boss is? Is it a leader? Is it Titan? Titania? Or it's who knows?
2: Bruce Springsteen. Yes, Bobby Lashley. (laughs) That is true.
1: That's a real deep cut of a wrestling reference.
2: It's Mitch Halleck. Mitch Halleck when he wears his the boss. uh, Oh, or the uh, shirt at the convention. Oh, oh, I got the best one. I got the best
1: one. It's uh, it's Tony (laughs) Danza.
0: Angela (laughs) Yeah, should have seen that one coming. I didn't. (laughs) You should have. You were doing.
2: I did one yesterday, which is hilarious. Like two days in a row. It's like it's an extravaganza.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Okay. Well I, I guess I'm kinda like surprised that She Hulk let the guys get away. I, I didn't
1: like that, but I guess she's not a superhero yet. I mean, she said yeah. it herself, she doesn't want to be a superhero.
2: Again, I love how she's getting attacked from behind, they grab her and she goes, Oh yeah <laughs> And then just grows. I'm like that mm-hmm. it's such a Oh, yeah, I can do this. Eh, I'm going to beat the shit out of you now cause just because I can,
0: you know? Why not? And they unsuccessfully tried to get a sample of her blood. So that's where I, the boss is going to be mad. And we'll find out maybe who that is. I, I Again,
2: overall, this episode was... I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, I will bitch, moan, and kvetch about the length of some of the uh, regular episodes. Like, ah, it's too long for this. I kind of want to spend more time with this character. But luckily, Mm -hmm. you know, we're getting nine episodes worth, so that's fine. But, like, the half hour runtime or less, it's like, man. That's why, like, I'm... I am so jealous of the people out there that can watch these shows and just binge watch them after everything's said and done, because you have the whole thing ahead of you. Whereas, like... Let me ask. Does this show work as a so far three episodes deep does this work as a i'm gonna wait and just binge it all or is it better the weekly element for this because like moon knight worked better as a binge all together kind of show i've heard that from a number of people Like they liked the show they didn't do it as a weekly thing they did it as a one and done
1: mm-hmm. yeah we've got to avoid the spoilers for all those weeks it's tough.
2: I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, from, stay a off. Real, from a real-world aspect, it's, it's tough to do the binge.
0: Yeah, and I know what, in one respect, I agree with you there, Matt, and, and not so much the real-world real world aspect of social media, but you stay off of that and hopefully avoid that stuff. But the time component to sit and binge isn't there, at least in my brain, to to do that for X amount of time straight through. Yeah. So week by week is... You know and for the purposes of the discipline of having to do a podcast yeah that's <laughs> that's why like it's kind of working this way
2: a lot that's why I like a lot of the shows like when the Marvel uh, Netflix series had started dropping like and I would see people like talk about like the final episode like you know by the end of the day I'm just like <sighs> I I, mi- I missed the weekly element but on the flip side again like I said, this is a show I could watch in two to four episode bulks you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then yeah. go on to the next thing. But, like, you know... I don't know. Like, I do want to give uh, Mooney again another try as, like, you know, a straight-up one-and-done kind of thing. Like, you know, devote, like, a weekend day to it. Why not? So. Or Loki. Yeah. So I can finally stop being bitchy about that show to other people. (laughs) (laughs) Because, man, oh, man, did I hate that show after a little while. I'm like, oh, cool, Owen Wilson. I like him. I like the the alligator. Yeah, after a while, it, it was... You could, you could tell when you listen to the show. I'm just like, eh, I really don't care about this show.
0: <laughs> but, well, you know. So anyway, any reference or relevance to this um, elf character from Asgard? Probably. Runa.
1: I forgot to look her up.
0: Runa Vashan, yes. The member of the Vashan
2: family. No, uh, let's see. So her name is Runa? That's what I heard. Marvel. R-U-N-A, perhaps? No, I'm a Peter. R-U-U-N-A? No, it's RU, but the the U has a little accent on it. And mm, okay. Because she's a shapeshifter, she has a certain look to her, so she might be different, Gets you know, out. depending. She's one of the original 9 Valkyries. Oh my. A, a vassal of Allfather Boar and the original wielder of which was forged for her by the dwarves of And
0: the Swedish chef got in and <laughs> Put the cheeky
2: in the pot. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, wook, wook, wook. but again, she's she's this character, and Runa is the second character to adapt the version of Valkyrie. So, is it? Wait, is this her? We <laughs> might be reading a different character completely, ladies
0: Oops. and gentlemen. Same spelling? I, I don't know. Oh, you're looking it up. I'm not even <laughs> shape shifter, Shulky, or She Hulk. <laughs> so, who
2: the hell? Who the hell did I hit? She-Hulk surprise cameo introduces the MCU to twerking. That's a headline, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Washington Post. But oh.
1: we haven't even talked about Renee Elise Goldsberry from from Hamilton. She she shows up in this episode. Really? Yeah, she's um she's working at the law office. She steps into the office and um what what's his face? They're the real creep guy like comments on her and like she leave, she leaves the
2: office. By the way, She-Hulk reportedly adds shapeshifter character to Disney Plus series. This is a comicbook.com article from March 8th, 2011 or 2021.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they predicted they knew about this stuff way in advance cuz there's like a casting report and all that stuff, so wow, it's kind of interesting to see a lot of these characters you know, I love when the reports are actually accurate for once, where it'll be like, yeah, man, Avengers Infinity War. Let me tell you, Moon Knight shows up, gets his money from Dracula, punches Thanos in the dick. And then he's just like, peace, guys. And then still he snaps and everyone's all like, oh, man, all because he got punched in in the Crunch Berries. And it's like it's not fair to him. You know, it's just not fair. Uh huh. And I re- uh,
1: Goldsberry, she she portrayed her character's name was uh, Mallory Book.
2: Yes, Angela Lansbury was portraying who?
1: Goldsberry was portraying Mallory Book.
2: Yes, Bill Goldberg portrayed who? No. Anyway, <laughs> so we we got to talk about the uh, Megan Thee Stallion cameo though, and like all of the fervor of on the internet of people complaining about the twerking scene. It's like. It was a stupid scene. It was funny, and it was literally just a one-two-three thing.
1: I would have preferred if they did it in the bar. I think I I, I miss that we didn't get the bartender this week. I forget the actor's name, but he's uh he works next door to Cobra Kai in the show yeah. Cobra Kai. Oh,
2: yes, I know who you're talking about.
1: I've... Yeah, he was he was not in this episode, and they even showed the they they showed the bar. They showed like you know the bartenders at the bar, and he was not one of them. I was just like, I object.
2: And before we wrap this episode... <laughs> overruled. Before <laughs> well, before we wrap this episode up, you just mentioned the bar. I'm waiting for the day it ends up debuting. The bar with no name. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, fingers crossed that's going to be happening soon because there's, there's so much world building you can do. And, you know, going back over to Mooney, it kind of bums me out that the world building really wasn't there, whereas this one, we're getting everything in here. And as a matter of fact, another uh, bold prediction on my behalf... I think Moon Knight is going to be being involved in this show.
1: That's I just th- love... cuz I had I posted that panel from the from the comics She-Hulk like runs into these like the Avengers and they're holding Moon Knight and she's like Moon Knight and he's like oh shit a lawyer.
2: <laughs> so yeah, overall I dug this episode. I thought it was a fun time and again wish I could have spent a little bit more time with it, but that's what repeats are for and just going over and watching it again. So
1: I liked it more than episode two. I'll I'll give it that. I still think episode one was the strongest, in my opinion.
0: I can see that. Well, and she is the strongest one there is. They were. And, again, the bar scene, too, at the end with, you know, the Captain America discussion. So just a funny, offbeat thing, like this was with the dancing in the office.
1: Only Megan Thee Stallion complaint I have is that they didn't do, uh, what's that new song she's had for, like, three months now? WAP. sweetest pie. I feel like that's a jam. Why wasn't that one of the, one of the songs they played this episode? Honestly pro- for the credits.
2: Probably just because the fact they got to go with whatever is the most relevant prior. Cuz you know you gotta have like the whole licensing thing like hey, we don't know what could be truly a hit, you know. Because what happens if that song is the one you're mentioning is not a hit and it's a song that, you know, just people didn't care for and they play? It, it's like, oh, cool. Let's be reminded of a song we hate. You know, it's like it's that kind of thing, I
1: think. If they had time to fix the CGI from the time they did the trailer to the show that they did now, they had time to insert like the song that I think is probably I don't know. I'm not a huge Megan Thee Stallion fan. I just think that song's a jam and it's one of her newer ones. So that, that's just my opinion, though.
2: So that's going to wrap this episode up for today. We want to thank Megan the Stallion superfan Matt Cascal for being on the show today.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> of wow. Course, of course. Who knew? Happy to be here. Mm-hmm.
2: Matt, before we go, how can people get a hold of you on them, their social medias?
1: Uh, Megan the Stallion fan page <laughs> 00169. Yeah. Now, nice. Uh, I am on Instagram, streak, Matt. Uh, that's my handle for most social media platforms. Also, if you like Lego, I have an Instagram called Matt's Mini Figs that you can check out.
2: For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick.
1: I'm Mean Streak Matt Cascone.
0: And I'm Eddie Wilson. Case dismissed. Gavel, 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 gavel. What the